about HR. This will be our only episode in this heavily booked holiday schedule uh, for December. Really, really excited about our last guest of the year. Nikki Hoyland, the CEO and co-founder of Huler, is with us. Huler is, of course, the new home of WorkTech. Nikki's the co-founder of HR on the House, which I am often at. It's 12 noon Eastern Standard Time on Clubhouse. Nikki was named in Tech Nation's Top 10 Inspiring Women Powering Technology. She can be found sharing her thoughts and opinions on how to make a difference inside the future of work and HR technology industry as a speaker at conferences, webinars, and been a guest on many podcasts. And now ours. I am so excited to dig into all that. Nikki, welcome to All About HR. Thank you for having me. And what a bio. I'm a little embarrassed. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. We got to do the research. It's funny. I, I bring up folks that I see on Twitter and talk to. And the more I get into these, I'm like, I know everybody. And you told me, like, keep it short. But I get in. Just You have got so much interesting stuff to talk about. So, I, you know, I got to give you the full bio. I love it. And thank you so much for having me as well. I'm excited to be a guest. Now, you and I, you know, this is an audio podcast. I can see you have a guitar behind you. Yeah. Do I need to put lead guitarist for any bands or, or anything um, into this bio? We play more rhythm guitar now. And to be fair, it... it is there's three guitars behind me. Um, some of them are become a little bit more decorative at times. I'm so busy, I can probably play the exact same songs that I could when I was 16 to 20. Um, my repertoire hasn't particularly involved, I don't, um, but it was one of my New Year's resolutions last year and probably should be <laughs> revisited next year. I have one behind me and I am in no way a good guitar player, but instead of when I take my little breaks throughout the workday, instead of getting on Facebook or just doing something unproductive, I'll grab the guitar for 15 minutes mm. and just freeze my head while still keeping myself active. And yeah. it's yeah. this really productive way to be unproductive uh, for small little bursts throughout yeah, the Yeah, I love so. that. Absolutely love that. And we'll have to have a jam when I'm uh, when I'm over in the States. We'll definitely have to have a jam session at some point. We, we'll now we're talking. A HR band. <laughs> You know, we could put some HR songs together. Yeah, I'm sure. Before we get into the real conversation, you and I have to talk a little bit of sports. I know we've got some overlap in sports teams. We're both big New York Giants fans. Yeah. This is going to air the week of the sixth here. We're just coming off a loss to Miami. How painful is this for you, Nikki? I don't even know. I don't even know where to start with the performance. If I'm honest, it's one of the worst things that I've I've had the the pleasure of getting to to see. I think we spoke as well prior. Luckily, this weekend, Manchester City, who are my we would say soccer football team, uh, won, which was good. And um, I'm a huge New York Rangers fan as well, so we're absolutely flying at the moment. So. I guess two out of three ain't bad, but um, yeah, the Giants yesterday, I was. Uh, I'm at a loss really as to what right. based on some of the plays and certainly the, the the end, the way that Joe Judge chose to spend that the last five moment, five minutes of the game. I, I didn't really understand that at all, if I'm honest, but we are where we are with the injuries that we've got and uh, rebuild still in play. Let's... There's always next year, as they say. Yeah, yeah. That's it's been a decade of that. Yeah. Well, see, you're a good fan, and this is why we could talk about this because you just mentioned watching the last five minutes, and I'm one of those fans that my wife will come and be like, "You're down 30 points." I was like, it's, "I'm not turning it off." Yeah, I've been watching them since I'm a kid. If I say I'm a fan, I'm a fan, and yeah. I'm going to watch this thing all the way through, no matter how painful it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I'm a Manchester City fan. And the first time we had the joy of, of getting the league, that was down to the 93rd minute and Sergio Aguero uh, scoring. So if uh, being a City fan's taught me anything, it's never given up hope. So apply that to all sports. <laughs> Watch till the very end. You apply that everywhere, right? Sports, work, whatever you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay engaged. Don't give up hope. Keep yeah. uh, keep having that faith. I, th- I always apply if I'm going to do something. I do it. I do it properly. So I'll apply that to my watching of sports as well. I feel like I'm, I've got that level of commitment. <laughs> you seem to be pretty consistently committed from everything. Uh, from everything I see. So let's let's get into that. Let's get yeah. into some of the some of the questions, some of the learning. I'm I'm so excited. I think you're the other than my boss at People Element. Uh, you're our first CEO. I think you're our second you. co-founder. So really excited to like get into getting some of the details with. Question one for everybody. What are you listening to right now? Whether it's music, podcasts, what's in your earbuds? So I'm really enjoying um, Lars's podcast. Uh, I think lots of people are, are, are engaging with that and the, the community that he's uh, started to, to create from a, from a work point of view. I'm also a avid audiobook uh, listener as well. So I'll, I'll no doubt share some recommendations for the show notes. Um, and then from a more easy sort of chilling out, Blue Shirts Breakaway, which is a New York Rangers podcast and a running podcast that when I'm either at the gym or catching up on some stuff, background music. And I loved listening to your episode of Jeff Shapiro. Um, so that was oh, thank a, you. a great listen as well. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was uh, that was a great one to record. Jeff's, Jeff's just awesome. Mm-hmm. And I've got probably 30 minutes of once I hit stop after our podcast, we talked for like 30 minutes, but I didn't hit stop. I was like, I got to turn this into an episode because he's just so easy. He's just one of those guys, you know, I'm like, he's yeah, just so great. easy to talk to. There's just so much good stuff that comes from uh, from that. I think that was certainly one of the highlights of the the pandemic is the amount of people that, you know, I've I've met but not met in actual in face-to-face. Um, we've just met through the medium of either social media or Zoom. And so many of those people are so close in my life that it's kind of weird to think that we've not actually met in person. Um, right. I certainly include, include the HR on the house crew in that, lots of the people that are involved in People Inc., yourself. Yeah, there's, there's so, so many uh, that it's, yeah, it's been an absolute joy inside of the the, uh, the darkness of the the, the pandemic to, to have lights that have been the amount of people that we've got the opportunity to connect with. Yeah, the, the definition of what a community is really evolved yeah. for me because of the pandemic and joining these type of communities. And and I, I've just, I've never had online relationships like this. And mm. I don't want to sound like online relationships, but like I can actually say I have relationships with people that, that I respect and like and talk mm-hmm. to that I feel like I can reach out to if I've got a question yeah. um, or if I need to lean on someone or if it's like, hey, I need motivation. Yeah. There's this community that's totally there for me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm there for yeah. as well. I would recommend that uh, anybody that's not part of the HR community, if, you know, everybody's so welcoming with their virtual open arms. It's a, it's a great, great bunch of people to, to learn and, and be connected with. And it's, it's part of the why I do this podcast. I didn't, I don't have any aspirations other than learning more about the space and connecting more in the space. Yeah. That is totally it. And this community provided so many opportunities. I was like, Let's just go with it. Do it and see what happens. Yeah. And it, it really is. Uh, so if you're at the community we're talking about, it's the greater HR workplace community, but there's a hashtag. It's hashtag HR community. If you're on Twitter, a great place to kind of at least find a large group. Is yeah. there any other places you'd recommend as we're kind of inviting people to come join? Yeah. So I think as you, you kind of mentioned up top, um, from HR on the house point of view and, and similar to you, I've wanted to actually learn from people and have 
quote unquote guests on to, to Clubhouse where we offer a forum as it's you know open stage for people to to talk and core subjects uh, that we'll discuss and we'll, we'll bring um, experts in that field in and people can just ask questions. One of the things that many of us across the community were aware of, there's so many different pockets of brilliant things happening that people aren't necessarily aware of. So one of the things that Fran and I have uh, looked into is PeopleLink, which is just a way to go actually a community of communities and how do we signpost people to you know awesome free content there or great connections that are brilliant in the field of onboarding or whatever that might be and how do we try to to offer some glue to bring that together which um yeah more than happy again to share any information on on people inc certainly the hashtag hr community is uh yeah great across uh, twitter and uh LinkedIn. Let's continue that conversation on People Inc. I want to get some information for the show notes. That sounds totally up my alley as well. So you're great at bringing people together, bringing ideas together, bringing things together, and that connectivity. And I think we can kind of shape a lot of this conversation around that. So I think to start, where at the end of the year, a lot of the people I speak with are, all right, we're preparing for next year. A lot of the things I'm trying to get done this year are slowly happening because of so much preparation focus on next year. So as organizations plan for 2022, what are some of the areas that they should be particularly focused on regarding the workforce from a, from a planning uh, setup for next year? I think the biggest thing that the past two years has taught us, right, is to the amount of change that we'll continue to go through. And um, we're only going to see more change because we, you know, we talk about the world of work and how much that has completely uh, reshaped itself and, and and changed. I don't think, in my opinion, there's certainly not a we go back. Um, I think that's the wrong um, way to, to, to view the past sort of 18, 20 months because we've learned so much and there's been so many things that we've been able to do differently and reevaluate and go, why don't we try that in this way? And we've not done it before, so let's give it a go. And I think we'll, on, we'll only continue down that path. I think people will need to move away a touch from just the the where work happens. Um, I think it's so much about when and how in terms of flexibility for um, people in our organizations that were so, so fixed on, is it hybrid work? Is it work from anywhere? Is it flexible work? Is it homework? Is it remote work? It's it's all just work, right? At the end of yes. the day. Um, and I think we will start to see that subside a touch as, as, as this normalizes more. The reality that remote work wasn't new during the pandemic. There's been people that have been working remotely for years and years and decades, in fact, and and have been super effective at what they do. So I do think that where, when, and how will be be core for people. I think people's return to office, which is really important there to check our language that that's not return to work, because as Paul mentioned, unless you've been furloughed, people have been working very very hard uh, for the past uh, two years and under circumstances that were. It's totally um, un- unthought of. So that that language check, I think, is really important. Yeah, return to office. Yeah, you got it. Not return to work. Yeah, we're, definitely. We're all working. Yeah, the, yeah. That makes too much sense almost. Yeah. And I, I think as part of that, that planning into next year, there's just that reality of nobody's going to get this right straight away. Nobody's going to go, here's the secret sauce. Everybody can apply and this one size fits all. Because the, the, re- the reality is there isn't one size fits all. There isn't in terms of business, uh, people, um, teams that we work with, locations that we work in, what our customers need and want from us. Um, And I think it's about figuring that out that works best for your team and and your organization. But just having that real open communication with people that says, 
we're not going to get this right straight away. And we know that there's going to be stuff that works. There's going to be stuff that doesn't, but we'll continue to communicate that with you because ultimately we, we do recognize that we're dealing with human beings that need that level of communication uh, back uh, from the, from, from our organizations. Um, So yeah, I do think constant change as part of planning for next year, that removal of just where (laughs) and focusing on kind of when and how, and just, where we can try to stabilize a lot of the the new that's been introduced into organizations. A lot of that clearly is around technology uh, because we had to find ways to communicate and collaborate with each other. Um, So we put more and more and more and more tech in. So I do think there's a period of stabilizing that and normalizing that and listening to what's working, what's not working um, and trying to personalize that a little bit again inside of our um, employee experiences. Communication is one of those those crazy topics that it doesn't matter what a job I've had, where I've worked, how I work. That's always the baseline of almost everything. Mm-hmm. And, and I like what you said there. You know, just that vulnerable, that honest communication of we might, we're not going to get this right right off the bat. We are going to work through this. What is some of the other communication that, other than that kind of humble, clarifying, like? very transparent communication. What do you think is some of the most important communication CEOs, leaders, organizations um, can focus on with their teams as they head into next year with with a little more intent rather than the main one you've already covered, transparency. Mm-hmm. What are some other best practices for communication? Um, two-way communication. There's no point in that just being a, a one-way um, stream that's just talking at somebody, right, rather than talking with them. I think a lot of people have done pull surveys and listening surveys and gone, well, where are people at? Where are they at? And they found out loads of really rich information, but they've not then shared that and gone, actually, this is currently where where, where we sort of sit. This is what you said. This is what we're doing. This, this is some of the challenges that we've got. And we're going to keep checking in with you and we're going to keep asking, but please don't wait till there's just a period of time of we've sent out a survey to talk to somebody. I think as leaders, that, that more honest communication of, you know, certainly I found myself during the, the pandemic, as soon as you go into a conversation that's just really generic, you just just asking a question because it's polite of how are you? Yeah, fine. How are you? And it's, and it's just it's just generic. It's just transactional. It's not about connection. It's not intentional. You're not going to get people open up to you to go, actually, this is where I'm at. Or this is some of the struggles in the team at the moment. Or this is some of the challenges that we're, we're facing because it's just it's just surface. Right. It's not. There's nothing, there's nothing to it. Um, Agree. So I think that, again, it's, I think it's transparent, it's intentional, and it's two-way um, communication that we need to come back a little bit more, I think, to the connection to each other that is, is so easy to, to lose at times. And that's not, we're just in the same place, so we assume that the connection's okay because we're in the same physical space. There's so much more intent behind, you know, how you, how you do that continued communication to your team. I I love that concept. And I I think this came up with my conversation with Jason Averbrook, but if you're going to ask someone, how are you doing? Be prepared to ask two or three more questions. Almost every time I ask it, I end up having to follow up with, no, no, really, how are you doing? Um, Because people are so used to that surface answer. And it's almost never, if you really listen, you can you can yeah. tell there's something more. And sometimes it's better. They just don't want to tell you. It's great. It's not always negative. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it has to be two-way. It's not just to ask the question, move on. I think it's um, trying to, especially if it's somebody you've not met as well, trying to learn three things about that person that's not just the generic, we're on the meeting 
to discuss, right? We, we learn about each other because that's how we connect. That's how we form relationships and bonds with each, you know, individuals. And I had so many people during the pandemic specifically talk about, oh, how do you get to know somebody if you're not with them face to face? And it's like, well, how would you get to know them if you were face to face? You talk to them like a human being, like just remove the medium of a screen and be be human in the way that you you communicate. And I and I think it's easy to forget that when we just solely sit behind a screen and we disconnect with we do all of this for our people, right? And they're people, they're human beings, they're they're complex, they're unique. They need that intentional connection and to them as an individual, not just, you know, it's this one size fits all broad brush. Uh we've just we just need to move past that, I think. Do you have any tips that you've seen or used or or given along the way for people that are trying to enhance their interpersonal skills, especially working remote? Are there any, are there any steps you can do to get better at that if that's not your natural in person that's your natural, but even, you know, on a video it might be a little bit tougher for you. Understanding that people on video will interact in different ways, right? So if we were sat around a meeting table, there would be just naturally people that are more confident that want to speak up. There'll be those that want to sit back and you'd notice their body language. And um, that's still all really apparent um, across video and is, you know, you're able to still, still pick up on some of those smaller cues, but it, you have to be much more intentional with it. I think trying to find a little bit of common space that isn't just meeting agenda so setting meetings for 25 minutes not 30 minutes that allow a bit of flexibility up top and behind that are just that organic conversation that I'm not quite sure what water cooler it is that people stand by that get all these absolute <laughs> absolute um shining moments of, of inspiration and collaboration and thought that, that come out but in, in principle right that things that happen outside of just meeting agenda, where do you make space for that? And you can't make space for that if you're just back to back to back to back to back to back because you know, we also need a break away from a, a screen too. So um, I think setting up meetings in that way, um, allowing for eye contact, really, really small, but I've spoken about this a lot. We used to in our offices, we'd all be positioned around a meeting table to look up at somebody presenting in the room. And what we've done is stuck cameras on top of those televisions that are maybe six foot in the air, five foot in the air. So everybody in there, you know, naturally is looking up towards this one human being on a, on a screen and that person's looking down at everybody. So lowering your screens a little, look, thinking about where your cameras are placed. Is it easy to set up a video conferencing? Is it, is it something that's done in a click of a button? Is every meeting just set up that there is dialing as well as, you know, in-person um, assumptions so that you're not wasting 10 minutes of let's dial somebody in and oh I can't see your screen you're on mute let's try to just make that a little bit more fluid for, for people where we can again that makes almost too much sense it's so <laughs> simple but also so powerful that's really inclusive and helps bring people into that inclusive conversation I want to take this conversation a little bit more into the technology world of conversation how to apply that we're going to take a quick break and then we'll get back and jump right back into this, awesome. this conversation Understand, engage, inspire, and retain your people like never before. People Element's employee experience and engagement solution delivers powerful intelligence, giving you the confidence to act. To learn how you can gain a better understanding of your employees, please visit us at peopleelement.com. All right, it is time for the HR Hot Sauce with Nikki Hoyland. Nikki, are you ready? I am, absolutely. 
What is the best job you've ever had? It's got to be working in Blockbuster Video, uh, where I could take home as many rentals as I wanted. Probably ate farting with popcorn as well. All right, so you like the movies. Yeah, and yeah. Blockbuster is a new answer for us. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I totally get why as well. What's the one phrase at work that drives you nuts? I think some of the corporate bingo that, that, that we tend to hear all the time around, oh, well, I hit the ground running and let's get some blue sky thinking and so on. I think sometimes it's just like a bit of a tick list as you run. Blue sky thinking. <laughs> That's a new one for me. Oh, no. How can someone make your day at work? I think the small things, just taking the time to intentionally connect with somebody. We're all so busy. Our lives are so busy. We're so consumed with stuff. I think just taking a, a genuine moment just to really, really connect with a human being really matters to me. Best useless skill? Probably ties back to the film piece. I did film and media studies at university. I clearly love films, so I'm a nightmare for spotting errors in films between scenes or if there's, there's something sort of wrong. Uh, I, yeah, I can ruin a film for people that I watch it with, but it's quite a skill that I've got, like, spot the difference, but in, in between scenes. <laughs> yeah. It, what's one really well-known film? Do you have a good drop? Because I'm always interested of those, like, oh, there's a water bottle in Gladiator. You know, do you, yeah. have, a, do you have an example that comes to mind? Um, I think one of my more recent ones was the aeroplane in Walking Dead, given that, you know, <laughs> zombie apocalypse. Um, so that was probably, probably a key one. All right, I'm going to check that out. <laughs> Mild, medium, hot, or nuclear? Oh, so this depends. Probably medium. I'd go medium. Safe. Medium? Yeah, yeah. Okay, safe. safe yeah. It yeah. sounds like there's some variable. Is there something to go hot with? or? Yeah, I, I, I prefer a hot curry, but not too, not too hot that I don't enjoy. Yeah, um, if I've got a nice cold beer as well, I think that eases the, eases the heat. Yeah, you're right. Like the, I got to put a scale on there. Like if I'm talking Indian food, I usually go mild. If I go Thai, I can go super hot. Yeah, same. same but way. if you if you say super hot to an Indian restaurant, a lot of times they will burn your house down. Yeah, hot yeah. Stuff I think is. if you're talking fresh chili versus spice, and it's just intense heat rather than flavor, there's probably a there's a bit of a, a mix there for me. <laughs> these questions are going to evolve because of these I discussions. It. I love it. Favorite interview question to ask or be asked. Quite like the what values would you look for in a team member um, because I think that's a, a nice mirror on oneself but also if there's something that you've missed about that person or the dynamics of how they'll work with a work with a team I think that's quite a, a nice question certainly not the where do you see yourself in five years time um. <laughs> you are off the HR hot sauce hot seat thank you Let's get back to the discussion love it all right we are back Nikki you said the future work is not six months 12 months or six years from now but rather it's now and mm -hmm. it's been now for some time i think in both of our spaces you know i speak to many many organizations outside of the fortune 1000 that that really if you looked inside their business it still looks like 2003 mm -hmm. 2004 they don't have these robust um, communication programs and listening touch points yet or they don't hr is still more of an admin and they're fighting and and they're starting to get these conversations going a lot of them don't have anything other than an hris system um, a lot of times they're trying to figure out what the new hris system is so with all these people in the future now that aren't necessarily the fortune 500s that you know what are some of the baseline considerations or advice you might give to organizations looking to invest in technology in 2022 to start building out their tech stack what's some advice you might be able to give or some areas to start focusing on um, 
first rather than you know figuring out that's the fifth thing they should be focusing on first and foremost what you're trying to solve so so too much we jump straight to technology which i appreciate is ironic given i'm the ceo of a work technology company um but we jump straight to tech and what inevitably can happen is we buy more and more and more and more technology that doesn't get used and then we're in large contracts that are both in terms of um, cost but also time scale that we then don't really maximize putting employee experience at the heart of all of that because if it's something that's a challenge to use or I don't know how to get to it or it's not clearly signposted um, or you've not thought about how am I going to interact with it on a day-to-day basis in my work life I probably will try to actively push against that in our consumer world we're, we're so used to being able to personalize devices pick what apps we want what channels of communication do we want to communicate with people and what mediums do, do we use that work best for us? Yet inside of work technology, we tend to go, no, you'll use this and you'll do it this way or it, you know, it's paper-based or we won't enable you to be your most effective or productive or efficient. So I, I look at those commonalities of what you're trying to solve. What, what then do you want to measure? Um, whether that's engagement, whether that's how often somebody's going going back and continually using work technology, or is it just improving collaboration and communication across the organization if you are you know distributed workforces or working asynchronously or across different time zones and then there's so much there's so much tech out there that people have preferences on so ask them well what works for you what what have you used before what are you using in your private life what what have you you know started to introduce in work because that's the reason why whatsapp groups started to come in more and more to the workplace because people went i've got this tool that works really well it's way more effective than email just going to create a group and then it'll seed its way into the organization quite organically so it's happening to listen to what people are doing and what they're using and what works for the business because ultimately your people will know what what makes sense for them with the theme that makes almost too much sense (laughs) people you know where they're at and i think it also comes back to you are always very active in well-being conversations and i think there's some connectivity between everything you're talking about as well with make it easy to get on video calls like be intentional about making that more comfortable making it less abrasive mm-hmm. same with the technology that it really all comes back to the well-being if somebody feels it, it's a baseline if they feel comfortable mm-hmm. using these tools if you're talking the language they talk if you're talking meeting them where they're at if you're making the meetings it does help create a sense of of well-being and i think organizations can't create well-being for people but what they can do is remove a lot and help support well-being mm-hmm. within within organizations do you find that connectivity with technology and well-being? Do you see that the technology can enhance it? Like, where's that role? Where's that overlay in your mind as far as technology and the well-being uh, for your employees? Certainly during the, the the pandemic, it's clearly come absolutely front and center from a, from a digital perspective because we had to move well-being outside of just, yeah, we have some apples and a fruit bowl and there's a free yoga class that happens that we've organized with for teams. Um, and you know, we were, we were on screens all the time. So how do you then start to lift that outside of something that's, again, just a face-to-face experience? Specifically as well for in our organizations, we've now got, we're moving past millennials and looking at Gen Z and digital natives that they've not had to go from a state of, this is what we did uh, pre-digital and how we moved processes along and, you know, how we went from, face-to-face or paper-based or I, I still remember dial-up internet like when that came in in our 
how cold and you had to wait for somebody to be off the telephone and then you could get onto MSN and you could speak to somebody, but that took 20 minutes. So that was my expectation in terms of my digital experience. But we've got digital natives now that they've only ever known a YouTube generation. They've only ever known 4G in terms of speed of connectivity. So we need to start to, to look at digital well-being of this cross um, generational stack in our organizations of those that this is quite alien, putting people into a, a process that at times does feel clunky. So how can we make that more, more fluid as you, you move from system to system? How can we personalize that experience for you? But how does that then not leave behind anybody that this is just second nature, right? Is what I've always known. I think that has to come into well-being around, you know, really encouraging this, removing this kind of expectation of I'm always on. I'm always, always on. And I think that small things like setting an SLA in your team. By that, I mean, if we've actually got a team that works cross time zone or, um, you know, we respond out of hours to different things, is that a, I've sent an email and I've sent that after hours, but there's a little note that says you're not, this, this is my best working patterns because the where, when, and how means that I do work outside of just sort of set set sort of time periods. Or is that as a team we go, look, if I've, if I've messaged you at six o'clock at X day, you know that, you know, there's a, there's a reason for that and something's hit the fan and we need to sort of jump on that. But we've got this, un, maybe even it's unwritten SLA of within the team, how we work and how we communicate. And we understand that if we're going to offer flexible work into somebody that's you know, doing the school run, and then they're working for a couple of hours into the evening, the person that started at eight o'clock doesn't then need to feel the this expectation to reply of this always on, this I'm always plugged into something. I think tools need to be a lot more effective there, clearly, you know, biased in terms of uh, uh, the Hula roadmap, but we need to have some real intentionality behind, you've been plugged in for a long period of time, both in a work context, and our digital lives, they're only getting faster. We're only doing more. We're only pushed to be more effective or efficient or consume more and more and more media. So how do we enable that to slow down where possible such that we, you know, we really, really care and are mindful to people's mental health and the the, the impact that, you know, too much digital and, and not looking at digital well-being can have on, on, our, on our teams and on our people. You did two things in that answer that I've absolutely in love with. One was not a lot of folk. I don't hear a lot of people in conversations talk through how to navigate the, my time zone, I'm going to send an email that might show up in your inbox at 10 PM in your space. How do you make that work? Because a lot of the other conversations are, no, no, you schedule it. So it shows up in theirs. And I just know from experience, that's not always the best way that doesn't always work, but I can't get a lot of people to talk about other strategies other than no, 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 you can't infringe. But what you talked about really makes a lot of sense as far as allowing people to disconnect from work, but also allowing people to work when they need to work yep. for where they are and, and, and yeah. how they are. As we start to see distributed teams more and more and more around the globe, because I no longer need to be in Silicon Valley or in London or in Manchester or wherever, wherever I'm based, I can be literally work from anywhere, which is personally how I always frame this this new era of again it's all just work um because for me anywhere does include the office um as part of that but if i can work from anywhere and i'm sending an email to my team 
the chances are of that team all being in the same same time zone might might be true but i might have five six seven different time zones happening um certainly if i'm working with suppliers and with customers so actually we need to go past just well when should it be scheduled to meet one person's need and actually uh it's okay for us to have this this sla in place of how we work as a team because that does truly enable us to be asynchronous in the way that we work you know even utilizing tools to go you're in this time zone i'm in this time zone so let's whilst we have a crossover an hour two hours let's make that really really valuable work where we're you know we're collaborating together but if we need to use tools that go hey i've recorded your video i've pulled together a trello board i've put all of that into a collection in hula when you're online you go and view those things you add to the trello board you record me a video back and then we we have this really creative way that we can we can work without having to do that all within the same set hours so i I think it's removing this need that we have as human beings to go well that's how we did it face to face let's force that into digital and going this is a different medium and it needs to operate differently and once we've figured that out brilliant let's just build on that and that's why it's so important to have culture communicate be transparent because Yes, you can have that. You have to have that as a base to be able to pull off what you're what you're what you're talking about because everyone genuinely understands what your purpose is and what the goal is and what their expectations are within that system. Um, you can't just do it and not talk about that and have that trust. So that's excellent. The second thing you did was I see you in a lot and we've engaged in a lot of conversations on well-being. And I know your platform, your your company, Hooler, I always was a little bit I was like, how do they totally connect? I kind of got it. But listening to you give that answer, I really, truly understand a lot more. Would you mind expanding a little bit more on what Hooler does and what the goal is and what your goal was in even creating and bringing this tool to the workforce? For me, Hooler is a way to streamline systems, technology, digital mediums that we engage with, both inside of work, so that that's effective for maximizing return on investment of systems, get to what you need in two clicks, we're only going to add more and more and more and more SaaS software and technology into our businesses. As Paul mentioned, we communicate differently. We need lots and lots and lots of different tools, but that's hella overwhelming for people to try to know where to go to get to what. So there is a way to bring all of that into one space that's personalized. So I'm not just a cog in a machine. I, I can personalize it for me and what matters to me as the individual, as well as the team and as well as the business. It's bringing all of those tools into one place, streamlining that into digital launchpad to everything you need, making it more effective, more efficient, and allowing me as a human being, why wouldn't I add the New York Rangers scores in there? Why wouldn't I add my Strava last run that I went on? Because again, I'm more than just the work I do, right? I'm going to pick up a personal device. I'm going to go and set those things. So care about my digital well-being outside of just work and allow me to bring that into a space that makes sense for me, that I can curate, um, that just makes me much more effective and efficient. I love that. I've I've been using Hooler for a bit. And one of the things I found was I would have, I, I use Google Chrome. I would have Google Chrome tabs for my Salesforce and my email and all my, for everything. But then I'd have a separate one that would keep minimized with my <laughs> New York Giants and, you know, maybe like music. And it was yeah. like, Ooh, I'm going to sneak over to this other place. And no one was watching me, but like, I just had this divide of these are my work tabs. These are not. And then once I was able to put all of them in one place, I feel like I just relaxed me more. I don't feel like I've got this, like the work me and the not work me. Like, it's just me. I can go to one place and I may be going to do something intentional with work and then see something. 
and then click and spend a couple minutes. And then I'm, I'm still in the same place. And mm-hmm. I do that when I would go to the office, you know, I'm in the office, but I'm doing lots of different things mm-hmm. and I'm taking my breaks, but I'm still in my work office. Now that I'm at home being a, like, there's no difference. So mm-hmm. doing that in a, in technology actually makes a ton of sense. To me. It, and I had to start doing it to get it. Yeah, yeah, you've given that example there of just being on your desktop and Chrome, right? Yeah, we're using yeah. so many other devices and cloud-based systems, and that's the beauty of, of Hulu. It's truly vendor agnostic, so anything can come and play in this space to streamline your 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 digital life. So let's let's come full circle. I know we're right at uh, right at about our time. Do you have a goal for 2022 yet? And if there's one thing you could see happen in 2022 in the workforce what would that be it's a really good question um i do think moving away from this one size fits all to technology pushing on consumer grade tech uh, we need work, work technology need, needs to catch up somewhat and i think for me that's it's all about seeing the what comes next you know I, I, so many people's plans were return to office at a certain point again there's more change there's there's people that are seeing now work from anywhere is actually the, the enablement of, of our of our lives and all of the joy that we can get from better work-life balance and that ultimately we are happier we are more productive we we love the jobs that we go to do because we get this sense of balance and well-being i do think we also need to shift a little bit more focus back to not to those that can't just work from anywhere as well and and start to look at well how do we maintain this consistency of employee experience because not everybody can do that not everybody has the ability to, you know, to, to work from anywhere. Yet we, those role, those organisations that have that duality of role, we are starting to totally put shift and focus into to one and not the other. And I think we have to make sure that remains fair, that remains balanced. We meet people where they're at. We're we're inclusive in that across all all aspects, not just by role or or tech that that's used. And I think yeah, pulling a bit more focus back to that's really really key. That brings me back to something one of my college professors told me was being familiar with something and being an expert at something are two totally different things and one of the most common misconceptions that people and organizations make. And I mm-hmm. think that's what you're talking about there is I think we all know these things are there and now companies are familiar with it, mm-hmm. but how do we really be experts at living with these things that we now know? You know, we know we need to go there, but how do we become experts and actually move ourselves forward? Nikki, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate your time. I know you're extremely busy. I know you've got a million things going on as a CEO and founder. And this has been a great conversation. I'm really excited to have spent some time and getting to know you even even a little bit more. Tell our listeners where we can find you. And then uh, I'll put everything in the show notes as well. But where where can our listeners find you, Nikki? Yeah, I'm the Nikki H on um, Twitter. I'm Nikki Hoyland on LinkedIn. If you want to learn more about Hula, it's Hula, H-U-L-E-R.io. And I look forward to connecting with people and sharing a bit more of People Inc. and HR community and HR on the house. And yeah, just trying to bring as many as many different voices and many different perspectives as we can to have some awesome conversations and, and learn from each other. Well, this has been all about HR. Have a safe holiday season, everyone, wherever you're yeah. at. Happy we'll holidays. see you back in the new year. Bye-bye.